You're listening to Inspirational Perspective with Linnell Harris. Inspirational Perspective is all about murdering mediocrity and living the best life possible. Are you living the best life possible? You can subscribe to the Inspirational Perspective blog at www.inspirationalperspective.com. Follow Linnell on social media. Go to Facebook and like the Facebook page, Inspirational Perspective. You can also follow Linnell on Twitter and Instagram at the handle Linnell Harris. In this recording, Linnell continues his conversation on success. In this second part of his success series, Linnell asks his radio audience, what are the things that causes us to be exhausted? Are we getting exhausted accomplishing our purpose? He also shares seven reasons we're exhausted. Let's join the conversation. Tonight, success versus exhaustion. To start us off, I do have a quote by Carolyn Ferrer. And that quote is real simple. And it starts, exhaustion without reward is torture, end quote. And uh, I chose that one because all too often, I think that a lot of us are exhausted and we can't necessarily see the reward like why am i so tired why am i working so hard what is it that i'm tangibly getting from basically working my fingers to the bone and tonight i want to talk about that you know what are the things that are causing us to be exhausted and are you exhausted working towards your dreams your aspirations your goals the things that you really truly want to be up to in life exhausted fulfilling your purpose or are you exhausted just because the rat race is exhausting you know being in that wheel not making the progress you want to make is exhausting so this is what i'll say i don't believe that people aren't successful because at the core they're just lazy i don't believe that i actually believe quite the opposite i believe people are not successful because they give way too much of their time to the wrong things. And so when I say things, you could, you could drop a lot of things into a lot of stuff into that particular category or to that word. But these things absorb our energy without us even realizing that it's taking from us because a lot of this stuff we do out of mere habit. And these habits actually rob us of our dreams. These habits actually rob us of our goals and our aspirations because they drain us so completely until we're too exhausted to do the work that really matters most in our lives. And this is the work that we really want to be up to, right? These are the things that inspire us, that actually spark a flame and causes us to you know, feel some type of passion. But we can't get to them. And part of the reason we can't get to them because, one, we're too busy, right? Too busy to be successful. We talked about that. And we're too exhausted. So tonight, success versus exhaustion. And I, I want to share seven reasons that a lot of us are exhausted or seven reasons we're always exhausted. And we can, you know, over the evening take a look at these things and, and hopefully you can identify a few places where maybe you fit in and this is an opportunity for all of us to take away and continue living the best life possible. So I just got back from a vacation. I had an opportunity, Pam and I, we went to Cancun 
and uh, had a wonderful time. And I bring that up because I had the opportunity to see Chichen Itza. And so for those of you who are familiar with Chichen Itza, it's one of the seven wonders of the world or one of the seven new wonders of the world. And um, I'm always excited when I get to see one of these wonders. It's actually my fourth wonder. And so now I have three left, and it was really exciting for me. We both really enjoyed the tour and the opportunity to, to check it out. But here's, here's the big takeaway, and then we'll get right into the topic tonight. I was taken with the ingenuity, the creativity, and the complexity of uh, this Mayan ruin and the carefulness with which they, they built that particular pyramid and and then all the intricacies, right? You can clap and you you hear like a bird sound echo that comes from the interior of the uh, the upper part of the the pyramid, and all throughout the site there were just all these different things. But what it really got me to thinking about the Mayan culture. It took them maybe uh, three or four generations to create that particular site, and you know tonight we're talking about our goals our aspirations and what success really means and what success really is. And I thought to myself, how many of us would dedicate our lives to a cause that we would never really see the end of, right? Because when I say that it took three or four generations for them to, to build this pyramid and to make it what it is that I saw, or the ruins that some of you all have seen that have been down there, or that you could pull up on Google and take a look at the pictures. But it, it took three or four generations. So imagine, you know, that's probably about, you know, two to three centuries. And um, whoever had the dream or the goal initially, they had to enroll other people. And then those people had to believe in it to the extent where they were willing to put in work and never see the end product. Yet, they were dedicated to it. And they finished it. And I, I just want us to draw a quick parallel from that to our own lives in the 21st century, where typically, if we come up with a goal, it's something that we believe we can achieve within our lifespan. With, and often, within the next year, within the next two years, or within the next five years, but we let all types of little small things get in the way of us creating it. And it is not as monumental as some of the things that we've seen, right? Like Chichen Itza or some of the other seven of the wonders that I had the opportunity to see, Taj Mahal or the Roman Colosseum. These are things that took a long time to create. And often the things that we want to create come with maybe some schooling, right? Maybe two more years of school or four more years of school. Uh, in some cases, you know, pursuing whatever that dream may be, actually building up to it, you know, saving money and buying a home. My point is this. Often it's a lot faster than our predecessors, our ancestors or individuals from you know, thousands of years ago, it's a lot faster than what they would have ever dreamed of. Yet, in a lot of ways, it also seems to be so monumental to us. I don't know what you can take away from that perspective, but I'm hoping that, you know, what you are taking away is that no matter what we put our minds to, we can do. We can do. 
if, uh, you know, if prehistoric men who didn't have the access to electricity and computers, et cetera, can build a, a Mayan calendar that I believe is only 15 minutes off compared to NASA calculations, what can we do in this age in the 21st century? And how does that correlate to our own success today? Speaking of success, what's getting in the way, right? So in their case, you know, it would have been something much different, right? Like, you know, having mule and oxen to carry bricks and stones and things like that. And for us today, it's so different. And one of the things that really gets in our way is simply exhaustion. Because we have the capacity to do more, we try to do more, and it completely drains us. So that's what we'll be talking about tonight. And again, tonight's topic, success versus exhaustion. Where is being tired getting in your way? And how has exhaustion served as an obstacle and or a barrier to you accomplishing your goals, your dreams, your aspirations? And this is what I know. The topic tonight is for everyone. And I would say not just tonight, but for the remainder of the year, because I'm really looking to break first what I know are the barriers to us accomplishing our goals down into bite-sized pieces, and then get into how we can begin to set resolutions and goals that we will keep. All right. So like I said, this topic is for everyone. I don't care how successful you are. I don't care how much money you have. Because getting busy and being exhausted is just a part of our journey. And, you know, I shared this before when we were talking about being too busy. But all too often, we suffer from the consequences of the busyness and the forms of exhaustion that we create for ourselves. And that's what keeps us stuck. And so a question I have for you is, are you currently stuck? Are you currently stuck in this reality? And maybe... You were stuck and you figured it out. When have you seen the propensity to be too busy actually become a mistake in your past? And how has exhaustion either slowed you down or stunted your personal growth and goals? So tonight's topic, success versus exhaustion. So you guys know I do a whole lot of reading and a lot of times the subjects that I, I cover or the thoughts I have that I end up blogging on come from, you know, something that I've read. And recently I read an article sharing data that most adult Americans live in a constant state of exhaustion and that lack of sleep was one of the number one culprits. And then the article went on to explain that even adults who average seven to eight hours of sleep every night still claim to feel tired or some form of lack of energy. So they're getting, you know, what the doctor orders, right, in regards to sleep, right, that's seven to eight hours, but they still feel tired. They still feel a lack of energy. And so what's that about? Well, in the past, I've read studies like this and, uh, you know, I would be baffled. I uh, would read the study and I would say, well, if you're getting eight hours of sleep, why, why are you tired? Like, what else is going on? And now, having, you know, gone through a lot of the training I've gone through in regards to human behavior, becoming a certified ontological coach, 
I have much more of an understanding for the human exhaustive dilemma, if that's what you want to tag it. And so let me give you an explanation of what I believe is the reason for this exhaustion. As we make our transition from adolescence to adulthood, we begin to perceive and believe that being alive is dangerous, okay? And we also see examples from the lives of our loved ones that dreams don't come true. So let me back up because I said we, we begin to perceive and believe that being alive is dangerous. What does that mean? Well, the longer we live, the more in touch we get with our mortality. And I think a perfect case in point, I can remember at 16 years old, you know, driving a car in a way that I would not drive a car today because I would be scared for my life. But at 16 years old, like the whole thought of mortality, it just didn't cross my mind that, you know, driving a bit recklessly could lead to my life being in danger. You know, I just, you know, at the end of the day, being that age, you feel almost immortal. Okay. And then at some point, something happens where you say, hey, things can happen to me. Some of that happened because I had friends who, you know, at the age of 17, 18, 19, 20, got into car accidents and had serious injuries. If it's not a car accident, there were other ways where they were injured or even lost their life. And so all of a sudden, this conversation begins to happen in your head where you say, hey, wait a second. If it can happen to them, maybe this can happen to me. And all of a sudden, life begins to get a bit dangerous. And so we begin to abandon putting energy into our dreams well, actually, let me go back. So life gets dangerous. And then the next thing I said is, you know, we we also see examples from the lives of our loved ones that dreams don't come true. Right. So we begin to see that. Oh, wait a second. You know, my uncle always said he wanted to be or do this. And that's not what he's doing. And that's not what he's being. Or I can go down a list of examples, but I think you guys are seeing where I'm going. Right. And so we abandon putting energy into our dreams and begin to turn our focus towards protecting ourselves and surviving this dangerous journey we call life. Now, deep inside each of us, there's still that child that has a dream that will never go away. And if you can sit and say, no, nah, that's not me. Like, ah, you know, I get it. Uh, you know, I'm, I work hard so I can I can get some money and survive this life. And that's what it's about. Consider that that is a facade that or a story that you tell yourself. So you do not have to be in touch with the vulnerable part of your being that has a dream because we all have it. We all have something that either one we aspire to or we used to aspire to. OK. So deep inside of us, there's this child that has a dream that will never go away. Yet, a lot of us wake up every day and ignore this child, only to strap on our figurative body armor so we can go out into the world and survive. Now, what we don't consider is that no one survives this journey. <laughs> Nobody. Like this journey called life that we're on, we are on, nobody survives it. 
we all die. Like in the end, we all have an expiration date. And so the point of living really isn't about surviving. Now, this is not a green card to go out and get reckless, right? <laughs> Say, you know, I heard Linnell on the radio, we all die anyway, so... You know, hey, I can do or be or say anything I want to say. No, that's not the, the point. The point is that we should be living a life that is in tune with our purpose on the planet. That's what we should be doing, right? Matt said YOLO, you know, so some of us out here yelling YOLO, you only live once, which is true. But if you only live once, are you living a completely fulfilled life that's in line with your purpose on the planet? Or are you living a different version of that life that is completely based on survival? Instead of being consumed by the fear of survival, we really should be looking for ways to enjoy every moment and every breath as if it were our last. Because it could be. But. That's not how most of us live. I mean, that really isn't. Most of us live to survive. And I got to say that just surviving is no fun. I mean, getting up, going to work, and putting in eight, ten hours, how many ever hours you put in, and then getting back in the car and going home in traffic to get home and feed yourself some food and then lay down and do it all over again, that does not sound like fun. It just doesn't. Yet, that's reality for a lot of us. And so the main reason surviving is no fun is because survival is extremely exhausting. Like the scenario I just gave you is extremely exhausting. And so what I want to share this evening are seven behaviors that I've distinguished that most adults have adapted to survive that literally drain our energy literally drain our energy. And so as I go through these, you know, feel free to call in, ask for more explanation on any of them. If I move too quickly, I'm going to do my best to take my time and, and really explain all seven of, of these different items that drain our energy. Okay. So let's start with number one. So number one, the first thing that I've distinguished that drains our energy is the lack of authenticity. The lack of authenticity. Now, why that? Well, here's the deal. Life can present its challenges. But I can't think of anything more challenging than pretending to be someone or something that you are not. I can't think of anything more challenging. Yet, so many of us question whether we can truly be authentic and show up as ourselves, right? And believe me, I get it. Because in a world that shouts assimilate, it can be downright frightening to be a little different, to be who you were destined to be, which is sometimes very different. And so the question you'll have to answer for yourself is whether it's worth blending in like all the others who are exhausted as well, or in some ways what I call exhausted frauds, to abandon who you really are, or whether it's not. Like, is it worth it blending in and being exhausted like that? Or, you know what? It is better that I choose to be me regardless of whether or not people understand it or get it. 
And I'll say this, one of the places that many of us find ourselves assimilating the most is at our jobs. And it's one of the reasons I believe that so many people don't enjoy their work because they have to go and assimilate for eight to 10 hours a day, you know, 40 to 50 hours a week. And I don't know about you, but, you know, I spend probably the majority of my waking hours doing some type of work. And so if you're doing work that you don't enjoy, and then on top of that work that you don't enjoy and you have to assimilate outside of who you are authentically, then that could be terribly exhausting. And so that's the first piece of the lack of authenticity that I would have you take a look at in regards to exhaustion, right? If you're in a situation like that, how do you get out? Like, how do you get out? How do you get into work or get into a place where you can be 100% authentic? And it will blow your mind the type of energy that will come back into your life or the type of energy surge that you will feel. And here's the second piece, because it's not always the fact that we have to assimilate. Some of us have just taught ourselves to try to be something that we are not. And the the really important thing that I would have you take away is that humans are constantly surveying their relationships for frauds. And we're also good at spotting them. And so if you don't choose to live authentically, then be prepared to be exhausted because it will take a lot of work to convince us that you're being real. Because we know how, as humans, how to sniff out a fraud. We know it. And we've seen it. We've seen it in our our workplaces. We've seen it in our families. We know when somebody's being real and where they're not being real. So that's the first one. The lack of authenticity. Okay. The second reason that I believe we're always exhausted or some of us are always exhausted is from being dramatic. I mean, just being just having straight drama. Okay, and I think we all have met the person who basically lives in the same neighborhood that we do. They have a similar job. They eat similar food. They drive a similar car. Yet somehow their experience of all those things is exponentially more dramatic than the rest of ours. (laughs) We all know that person. Right. And here's a hint. If you don't know this person, like you can't figure out who this person is in your life you might want to look in the mirror because it might be you. You might be the person that brings all the drama. And so here's a newsflash. Generating drama takes an enormous amount of energy. And this just might be the reason nobody really seems to pay much attention when you, you stretch dramatically and yawn dramatically and say, I'm so tired, <laughs> you know, because they're like, oh, man, you you know, you full of drama. Like, I don't necessarily believe anything you say. So it's um, <laughs> it's interesting. But being dramatic is also another way that we exhaust ourselves because that takes a whole lot of energy and you're, you're basically acting. And so that kind of falls right into the lack of authenticity as well. Right. So two and one there. All right. So that's that's number two, being dramatic. Number three. Number three is ignoring wisdom 
and insights. So the third reason why I believe that a lot of us are always exhausted is because we ignore wisdom and insights. All right, so what does that mean? Well, I believe that we're all given the opportunity to have wise people in our lives. There, we, we all have a sage or two that we come across. And some of us are lucky enough to be surrounded by these type of people that I call sages or, or a wisdom imparters. And what I mean by sage is a sage is anyone who imparts knowledge or profound wisdom in your life. So when this happens, we always have two choices. When we when you come across this person and they're talking to us or they're they're sharing with us, we typically have two choices. And the first choice is we can accept this wisdom and begin making the necessary changes to live our lives accordingly. Right. <laughs> I can remember when I was a young man and, you know, my parents would give me wisdom. You know, I probably extended a lot more energy than what I had to because I figured I would do it a different way, right? But now as adults, I think a lot of us get it, right? Hey, let's take the path of least resistance. If I know somebody has information or wisdom that I can use, then how do I take that wisdom on and accept it and make the necessary changes to live my life, right? But there's also a second choice because we can reject this wisdom and continue to live the way we've always lived our life. But keep in mind that both choices have a consequence. And both choices require some energy. Now, the rejection of wisdom creates an energy leak due to the long-term internal guilt that's produced, right? So this is what I mean by that. When somebody tells us something, this sage in our life, right, the person that we know we should get wisdom from, says, hey, this is what you, you know, if you're coming to me, like, this is what you should do. They part their knowledge, their wisdom, experience, whatever it may be. And we decide that I'm not going to do it. We reject the wisdom. It creates an energy leak because there's a part of us that knows that we should have done it another way. Right. So keep that in mind. So that's one energy leak. The second energy leak comes from the long term internal guilt that's produced by the fact that I've overlooked some wisdom. And then the third energy leak comes from the fact that you're probably doing it the hardest way. And so you have to extend more effort and energy into whatever your decision was that was opposite that of the wisdom you were given. So that's how that choice, the choice of rejecting the wisdom, creates the energy leaks or the exhaustion in your life. But keep in mind that it takes the same amount of energy to ignore wisdom as it takes to act on it. The difference shows up in the quality of life we live based on our decision. So again, let me go back. What do I mean? Often when we're giving wisdom, when we're giving wisdom, it's not always something that we want to do or it, it doesn't sound like it's easy or it's, it's sometimes it's the harder road. And one of the reasons we choose to ignore it is because we think to ourselves, well, that's going to take a lot of energy. But keep in mind, I just shared with you how much energy it takes to reject wisdom. Again, three different areas. You create an energy leak in the fact that, one, you know that you rejected 
uh, wisdom, right? So you have that long-term guilt that's associated with it, as well as the work or the rework that has to be done and the energy that it would take to actually, that you have to exude to get it done the wrong way and then come back and do it the right way if you ever have the opportunity to come back and do it the right way. So I, I think I heard it best. I was uh, I had the opportunity last year about this time to hang out with Mark Lamont Hill, and he was in Rockford. And one of the things he said is, we often forget that four years is four years. And so there are young people who say to themselves, well, when I finish college, I don't want to go through another four years of school because it takes four years. But four years is four years. And how do you how will you spend the four years? Will you spend it in med school or will you spend it in law school or will you spend it doing something different? And by the way, at some point, you can guarantee that there is going to be a similar exchange of energy, you know, so and I, I know that well, my own story. When I, I got kicked out of a university and came back home, I worked harder at home in a warehouse throwing boxes than I did going to class at school. It's interesting, but when you look back on it, at the end of the day, you're going to exude some energy. How will you exude yours? So number three is ignoring wisdom and insights is one of the ways that we exude or we lose energy all right i got a phone call from jay out of old park jay how are you you're on the line with linnell harris i'm good uh, thanks for taking my call i want to say um you should be careful uh with that um your points uh, like that third point you got uh sometimes okay. you can take wisdom from someone uh or take knowledge from someone that's supposed to be wise than you because they're older and then you find out that um you are doing the right thing and you shouldn't have even listened to them. You know what? You, I'm, I'm happy you called and said that because I was just having a conversation. Oh, I can't remember who it was. And it, it may have been on the air. It may not have been. I get my conversations mixed up. But you, you, made, a, you made a very important point. And, and that is wisdom is wisdom. And I think sometimes we get wisdom mixed up with something that someone who is more mature or senior to us is saying just because someone is more mature or older than us says it does not mean that is wisdom and i i think that's a a very very important point to make so so while you give them that third point you should also um, help them to distinguish uh, what's good and what's not so good if for example if you are a vegetarian and this person is telling you to eat meat and then you start back eating meat and then 15 years later, you're a diabetic. Uh, maybe you should have continued on your path, you know, and mm-hmm. not listen to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, so uh, you know, uh, I think, the, uh, you know, you should have to uh, distinguish uh, what's good and what's not so good. And what's good is if you're doing something in the positive, you know, you got to define uh, what that positive is to your person. You know, some people even tell you, uh, why are you worried about going to school if you got this good-paying job that doesn't mm-hmm. require any education, you know? And then you might yeah. think, well, yeah, I got a nice car and a house and all that, but I'd like to con- continue my education. And then you end up listening to that person, and then that company closed down. 
Yep. Um, yep. No, you you got you you have some great points, and I, I'll tell you that often uh, there's a difference between a person's personal experience and wisdom. There's a big difference, and so I'm I'm, I'm so thankful for the phone call. I appreciate the call, Jay. Uh, I'm so thankful for the phone call and you calling that out because well, there is a difference. To be empirical knowledge too, you know, and that's supposed to be uh, mm-hmm. what wisdom stems from. But um, you know, I'm just just trying to make the point. Uh, the point. to distinguish uh, what's, what's good wisdom and maybe what's uh, negative wisdom, I guess. I well, know. well, you know what? I, I, don't, I, I wouldn't necessarily put the adjective on wisdom. Wisdom is wisdom. And in my mind, if it's wisdom, then it's good. But is it positive? Uh, and, and, and let me say this. If it's wisdom, it's good. Some people don't and mean often you people good. have their opinions. Some people don't mean you any good, so that's why I'm gonna say a positive yeah, wisdom. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, wisdom. right. And and there's a difference. You know, there's a I could do a whole another show on distinguishing wisdom for itself. You know, I believe you uh, can write a book on your third uh, point alone. I'm I'm sorry. Go ahead. What was that? I, I believe you can write a book on your third point alone. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I was just trying to I was just trying to you know help people see that this is just one of the ways we exhaust ourselves is not paying attention to wisdom itself. But, yeah, just because someone older than me tells me, oh, Linnell, you should do this, doesn't mean it's wise because they're older. I mean, people have opinions. And in a a lot of ways, those opinions are are colored by the experiences. And sometimes those experiences don't necessarily uh, matter anymore because we live in a completely different world, a digital world, 21st century. And the information age is coming to a close. We're moving to the robotic age. So what they're sharing from their experience May not be wisdom, so I appreciate that call, man. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, cool. Good insight from uh, from Jay there. Uh, all right, I'm gonna move along. I think you guys got the point on on wisdom and the difference between wisdom and someone's opinion or someone just you know kind of speaking what they think. You know, you got to live your own life and, and follow your own passions. And that's why it's so important that we have our purpose and we live our lives according to our purpose and not towards you know to someone else's. Uh, thoughts, ideas of, you know, what we should or shouldn't be doing. All right, I'm going to move along, run out of time. Number four is lying. This is real simple. I mean, lying is hard work. I mean, we can count the ways that this bad habit can rob us of energy. Um, I'll give you seven real fast. Number one, the lie must be created. That takes some energy. And the more elaborate the lie, the more energy. Number two, the lie must be mentally rehearsed. That takes energy. Number three, the lie must be told. That takes energy. Number four, the lie must be defended. That takes energy. Number five, the lie must be remembered. That takes a lot of energy. In some cases, you have to remember the lie for life. Number six, the lie produces the fear of being caught. And that takes energy. And then sometimes you're so scared you can't sleep. And you know that's going to really create some exhaustion. And then number seven, if you get caught, the lie could destroy something. You put a lot of energy into building. So number four, real simple, d- don't lie if you wanna if you wanna be able to move around with the the best energy. Number five is celebrating nothing. And uh, there's a song by Lil John, and it's uh, "Turn Down for What." <laughs> and I'm saying, turn up for what? I mean, late night club hopping, bar crawling, music thumping, bottle popping for what? Because it's Friday or because it's Saturday? I mean, that's odd because there's 52 Fridays in a year. And the same is true for Saturdays or any other day of the week. There are plenty of reasons to turn down instead of turn up. 
And of course, you know, DJ Snake and Little John, they got the chant that says turn down for what? But I can tell you, I got a lot of reasons why I can think about turning down. One is I have to go to work. Or two is it can get expensive. Three, I've had enough to drink already. Or maybe four, I have to drive. Or, you know, five, I could get sick. Or six, I need to get some rest. I mean, the list goes on. I'm all about celebrating. But celebrating nothing is no fun. And it often comes with a bunch of regret. Especially if you don't have a lot of money and the rent is due. Y'all get my point. Number six, worrying. Number six. Number five was uh, celebrating nothing. You know, turn up for what? Turn down for what? My bad. DJ Snake and Lil John. Number six is worrying. Mark Twain has a quote, and he says, my life has been filled with calamity, some of which actually happened. End quote. All right? You get the point there. It's filled with calamities, mostly that were in his mind. And worrying about something actually requires the energy and creates the stress as if that something really happened. And studies have proven, I mean, there's been like university, I believe the University of Cincinnati, studies have proved that 85% of what we worry about never happens. And what's worse is if what we worried about happens to be in that 15% that actually happens, we'd be forced to experience the negative impact twice because we spent so much time worrying about it in the first place. (laughs) It's exhausting explaining it. But what I'm saying is this. Worrying about something that you cannot control will exhaust you. And I've shared this before. And this comes in Stephen Covey's uh, book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. But one of the habits is that highly effective people only operate in their circle of influence, which means that here are the things that I can control. I can touch this. I can control that. I can pay this bill. I cannot pay that bill. It does not make sense to worry about what might happen. Or what I should do is figure out in my circle of influence is there anything I can do to create the money to pay for it but sitting and worrying about what might happen if I don't pay for it is useless like that's a lack it's a waste of time it's a waste of energy instead what can you influence like how can I create something in my space that can actually solve for the thing that I might spend all my time worrying about circle of influence so number six is worrying This episode of Inspirational Perspective was recorded at the Midway Broadcasting Corporation in Chicago, Illinois on WVON 1690 AM, The Talk of Chicago. Thank you for listening. Go to the Inspirational Perspective Facebook page and like the page. Follow Linnell Harris on social media at the handle Linnell Harris. You can find him on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with that handle. Text INSPIRED to 43783 to receive free inspirational quotes and updates.